0: Thank you for joining us for this message today. If you're new to the church or wanna connect in any way, check us out at harborcitychurch.org. We would love to connect with you, thank you so much. And with that, let's jump into the message. Harbor Church, Frank Demanzio, again, coming up to Aberdeen. Can you believe it? I was just up there a few weeks ago, preaching to you folks, and here I am again. Of course, it's the virtual visiting speaker Via video, but wherever you are, I'm bringing a word to you today to encourage you, your family, and everybody around you. You know, I love Doug and Lois, as I said before, they're fantastic pastors, and they have led this church in a fantastic way. And I love all your leaders, all the ones coming up, all the teams you have. And actually, Aberdeen is blessed to have Harbor City Church. They're blessed to have this church. You feed the poor. You reach out to the broken. Your love stretches to the highest mountains and goes to the deepest valleys. I've watched you. You're an amazing church. I just want to compliment you again, congratulate you again. I want to thank Doug and Lois and the team for inviting me again to bring a word. And I think it's a word that will touch every person's heart, no matter who you are or where you are. So let me pray for Harvard City Church, and then we'll go to the word. Father, we thank you today for Doug and Lois. Lord, thank you for the amazing anointing upon their life. For years they have led this church, and for years they have been faithful to your plan and purposes. Lord, I thank you for their compassion and their work ethic and how they lead this church with so much passion. Lord, I pray for the leadership team, that you would anoint them. Thank you for everything they do. They are working so hard to stay connected. Bless this church today. Bless Harbor City Church, Aberdeen, and the surrounding areas in Washington. Lord, bless them and let the word find root in them today. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Okay. We're going to go to the book of Ephesians for this message. The name of my message, my wife says is too long, but I like the long title, It's called the mind-boggling, unexplainable, overwhelming love of God. I'm talking about the mind-boggling, unexplainable, overwhelming love of God. The amazing, astounding, baffling, bewildering, confounding, Eye opening, incomprehensible, numbing, stunning, spectacular, staggering, unthinkable God. Because the love of God separates the whole definition out because we're talking about God's love. And we're talking about the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians is a prison epistle. Paul writes four of his epistles from a prison. And in this particular epistle, Paul does the first three chapters to get the theology and our stance and how we should be identified with Christ and what it means to be rooted. And then chapters 4, 5, and 6, he talks about how you walk that out. Now, in today's world, in today's season of the church right now, it would seem to me that walking out the gospel and walking out the love of God would be a very, very important aspect to our Christianity right now. You know, you can attend church and not be the church in your neighborhood, at your job, and in your home. And so we're talking about you being the church, walking things out. Ephesians 4 and verse 1 begins with Paul talking about, the walk. And he says, I want you to walk worthy. And I'm going to read Ephesians 4, verse 1 and 2 out of the Matthews translation. He says, in light of all this, in light of what? In light of chapters 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, we're in Christ. We've been predestined. We've been elected. We've been chosen. The middle wall of petition is knocked down. We're now cleansed by the blood of Jesus. The Holy Spirit lives in us. We're being built. We're being uh, a people that are coming together to do something great, not only in Christ, but in the body of Christ and in the church. And so Ephesians 4, 1, and 2 starts with, in light of all this message translation, here's what I want you to do. I want you to walk. Better yet, run. On the road, God has called you to travel, and, and the phrase that I'm looking at is pouring yourselves out for each other in acts of love. Alert at noticing differences and quick at mending fences. So we're, we're talking about acts of love when you are pouring yourself out into other people. And the apostle says, I want you to notice there's a lot of differences. I also want you to notice that there's a lot of broken fences that you'll need to mend. We're talking love and relationship and In that relationship, we're talking about you and me walking out the love of God. Ephesians 4 and verse 16 says, From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. And so the body of Christ is the body. And we're held together by all the ligaments and all the parts that speaks of you and me as we are joined together. And then it makes this statement in Ephesians 4.16. It says, the body will grow and it will build itself up. How? It says in Ephesians 4.16, we will build ourselves up in the love of God and by the love of God. It says in one translation, I want you to grow healthy in God and be robust in love. I want you to be full of love, I want you to be soulful that it will overflow and you will touch other people's lives. Now the word that's used here in the original language is a strong word. It's the strongest word used for the word love in the Bible is the word agape. And so he says, I want you to be filled with the love, but not just any love, not just a, a, a love of emotion, the emotional love. It's, it's not an eros love. It's, it's not a physical love. It's, it's, a, it's a God kind of love. And that's what the apostle is saying here. I want you to have a, a God kind of love that will pour through you. The agape love is the God kind of love that is what? Uh, agape love is a willed love. It's willful, directional, and distinct. The agape love is what does what's best for someone else, not what's best for yourself. Agape love is the word that's used to talk about God's covenant with us. God's covenant with us begins with him, and it's based on his commitment. For God first loved us, and then we respond. So agape love is not about what I do for myself, and agape love is not how I feel about other people, or even how I feel about myself. Agape love is the love of God, and this love of God is an unlimited love. It's a love, and listen to this piece of the definition, it's a love that places a high value upon someone. Regarding them with favor and affection, it is a deliberate choice for you to love someone. C.S. Lewis, in his book, one of his books, writes about love, and he says, Agape is the highest level of love known to humanity, a selfless love, a love that is passionately committed to the well-being of others. Now, in our selfish, Adamic, born-in-the-sin nature, it's all about us. We guard ourselves, We build fences around ourselves, We make sure that everything works for our good. We only love those who have a specific kind of relationship to us and how they respond to us, but that's not agape love. God's love says, I will love you, and this is agape love, and this is the love that is going to build the church and build your life and build you into your destiny. God's love says, even if you don't love me, I'll love you. Even if you don't do anything for me, I'll do everything for you. Even when you're unlovable, untouchable, and you reject me, I'll still love you. And even when it costs me everything, I'll willingly pay the cost. Now think about your love. Human love says, if, if, it out loud with me, if, 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 if. Human love is a big if. If you love me, then I will love you. When I get something out of you, then I'll love you. When I feel emotionally connected, That I'll give you love. I'll take down the, the fence and I'll let you get close to me. When it's convenient for me, I will love you. Human love always is manipulative. It's always looking out for itself. Here's a funny little thing that was in the newspaper joking about a person's love. It says, Dear Jimmy, No words could ever express the great unhappiness I felt since breaking our engagement. Please say that you'll take me back. No one could ever take your place in my heart. So please forgive me because I love you, I love you, I love you, and I'm yours forever. Marie, P.S. And congratulations on winning the lottery. So her love for this man was all of a sudden, he won something, he has something, I want that something. And so her emotional response to this guy is, hey, I love you, and, and by the way, I, I, I'm so, so unhappy that we broke up. But the, the fact that this little funny story really tells a lot about everybody's love It's what we get, not what we give. It's how we protect, it's not how we become vulnerable. And so we're talking about the love of God and the love of God in your life and my life will change everything and how we will do life. Now, to begin with, let's talk about God's amazing, mind-boggling love for you. The way that you receive love will be the way that you give love. Hurt people, H-U-R-T, a hurt person will hurt people. A rejected person will reject people. A person that does not, has not experienced any kind of love that would be in the unconditional category cannot give it. And they're very, very careful with their life. They don't trust people. They don't trust circumstance. They don't even trust people that actually try to love them. Why? Because they've never been loved wholly, W H. O-L-L-Y, holy, holistically. They've never experienced the healing of love, the acceptance. When you come to Christ, says in John three sixteen, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And so when we come to God, we come to His love, and it's nothing that we've ever experienced like before. And so it's very hard for us to actually even accept salvation and everything that we, we need in salvation because we don't understand the love of God. There's four things on how God loves you. One, God's love for you is personal. Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is in your midst. The mighty one will save you. He rejoiced over you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with his singing. John 11.5, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Then the Jews said, because Jesus was weeping about Lazarus dying. All the people around said, oh, how? how Jesus loved this man, how Jesus loved Lazarus. And so, first of all, you need to understand that God loves you. God loves you right now. He wants you to feel his love. He simply has chosen to love you in spite of yourself, in spite of anything you could offer him. He's not a distant God. He's not a superficial God. He doesn't love you to try to get from you, even if it's getting uh, from you gifts and service and things that that you might want to do for God. It's not a doing religion. It's not a get-for-him religion. It's not, I will serve you and I'll give you everything, therefore you'll love me more. God says, I love you even if you give me nothing, even if you do nothing. Even if you never use your gifts for me or you don't fulfill your destiny for me, it's hard for me to even say that because some people might run off with it and say, well, I can do whatever I want and God will still love me. And the point is, yes, he will. Romans 5.5, now hope does not disappoint. Why? Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. It's the love of God. It's the love of God. Brought in by the Holy Spirit. Number two, God's love for you is unfailing. God's love for you can never fail. It can never stop. God's love for you can never be a love that when you reach for the well is empty and it's no longer there. God's love for you is unfailing. Psalm 32 and verse 22 says, Love us, God, with all you've got. That's what we're depending on. Your mercy and your loving kindness, O Lord, be upon us in proportion to our waiting and hoping for you. For he himself said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. In your unfailing love, you would lead the people you have redeemed. The Lord's unfailing love surrounds man, and we trust in that love. May your unfailing love rest upon us. We're talking about the love when no one else loves you, when everyone else walks out. When you do have people reject you, ignore you, make fun of you, and hurt you in many ways, I'm telling you right now, there's a God that will never hurt you. There's a God that always loves you. There's a God that accepts you exactly the way you are, exactly how you are. You cannot improve for God to love you. There's nothing you can do to make him love you more or love you less. And for us, that's mind boggling. We can't fathom that, but that's the love of God. Number three, God's love for me is unchanging. It's never going to run out because of circumstance or changes in my life or uh, the things that try to quench the love I have for life or for God. God's love is unchanging. Uh, Isaiah 54, for a mere moment, I have forsaken you, but with great mercies. I will gather you with a little wrath I hid my face. And this is talking about what happens at the cross with our sin that God turned away and Jesus felt that. But he didn't turn away for a long period of time. He only turned until redemption could find root for us and the blood of Jesus could be shed and God could actually find a sacrifice where he could Bring us to a place of forgiveness. And that's what he says here. Your eternal God is your refuge. And right now, my covenant of love is over your life. So right now, no matter how you feel, no matter what you've gone through, no matter what you uh, might uh, uh, judge yourself, because the fact is, is that we're very hard on ourselves. We're very hard on our actions, our failures, our shortcomings. And... Sometimes people will confirm that we're just not the person that they thought we were or we did something. And so what happens is that we begin to feel an emptiness. There's nothing worse than for a child to feel the parent does not love you because you can't measure up to what that parent wants from you. And that sibling kind of measuring up and that sibling kind of question of the parent can crush a child's personality, can cause a child to have uh, deep anger, can cause a child to have deep rejection, can cause a child to have deep questions about their worth and their value. And so it is in the kingdom of God. People can begin to wonder if they're worth anything, if they have any value. And and what happens if I'm really the way the the rest of the people think I am? And and really, would there be a God that would love me uh, unconditionally and, and would do something like this for me and let my life be touched by the living God? A true story about a man who came to a preacher and said, I want you to find my son. He's in drug drug culture. This is in New York City. And he has messed up his life and messed up our family, but I want you to find him and see if you can help him. Well, over a period of time, about four months, the preacher found this kid and finally got the kid to come to his office and actually the kid had an encounter with God and uh, he, he got on his knees and repented of his ways and was turning to the Lord. And so the the preacher got the father on the phone to say, hey, I found your son and he's right here to want you to talk with him. But when the father got on the phone with the son, he says, I'm so upset by what you did to your mother. I'm so embarrassed by what you did to our family. I want to know what you look like right now. Are you filthy? Is your hair long? Who else have you hurt? I hope you've learned a lesson here. And if you've learned a lesson, maybe we can meet, maybe you can come home. And the father had so many hurdles and so many words to say to the son. The son got out of the office, stormed out of the office, and never saw that father again. At that moment, at that second, the father needed to say, it doesn't matter. Like Luke 15. Get me the robe. Get me the sandals. Get me the ring. My son who was lost has come home. It doesn't matter if you've been in pig pen. It doesn't matter if you wasted your life with harlots. That's what the Bible says. The father is the picture of father God with the kind of love that God has for all of his sons and his daughters. And those that are far off. And those that struggle. And those that go through so many different kinds of things. He says... I want you to understand that I'm gonna get the fatted calf, I'm gonna give you a robe, I'm gonna give you a ring. Welcome back to the table, welcome back to the family. And this is the attitude we have. As prodigals come to Jesus, as the unchurched and the unsaved, our faiths with questions about themselves, their value and their worth, and they can't measure up, and they've never measured up as a child, and they've never measured up, and they have broken relationships, and they've gone through broken family, and they've made bad decisions, and they've done so many things. And we, as the, the people of God, we must be the kind of people that present the world, the love, the unimaginable, unfathomable, that mind-boggling love of God that's unexplainable It's nothing like human love, regardless of what you have done, God loves you the way you are, no matter what you feel or don't feel. Feeling does not change how God feels towards you. He loves you regardless of what you believe or don't believe. He loves you regardless, even of your... Funny religious beliefs or your funny doctrines or your funny ways or whatever pile of brokenness you have. God loves you the way you are and he accepts you the way you are. And that's where we have a little problem sometimes. We want to clean people up before we bring them to God. God lets people come and then he cleans them up. Romans 5.8, but God demonstrated his love for us while we were yet sinners, while we were yet, 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 while we were still sinning, God died for us and God loves us. Ephesians 1 6, which He has freely given us, His love, freely. No strings attached. No this much and no more. I can remember when I was a bachelor's and young man, my dad was actually a preacher. And I actually uh, ashamed to say so, but I hated church with a passion, and I had no relationship to God, to Jesus at all. It wasn't until the Jesus People movement in the late '60s that I encountered uh, some people that that did for me what I never never knew God was all about. And so they accepted me. But I still had problems, and and I was uh, struggling with. With habits and things, and I was actually living at my parents' house, and church was going on, but I wouldn't go to church, and a woman came to the door of the house, and she knocked on the door, a woman I did not know, and she knocked on the door, and she says, you're Frank DiMaggio, is that right? I said, I am. She says, "Uh, God spoke to me this morning to come talk with you. I found your address through someone who knew me, and they said I could come and so I'm here and I want you to take a ride. She's a mother figure woman. She's actually a wife of a a Air Force pilot. And uh, she says, I want you to come with me because I want to talk with you. And, And Jane Baca took me that day Uh, to a church service, and it was in that service that my life was totally turned around. When I think back on my life, I think, what would have happened if Jane Baca would have had everybody else's attitude? Frank is struggling. Frank is not going forward. Frank is having his own problems. He takes advantage of people. You don't know what he's going to do. He's a real rebel. He's a hard-hearted young man because I was all that. But Jane took me through the love of God. She says, I want you just to take a ride with me. I don't know why I did but I did, and that ride changed my life. That, that woman, that that heart that she had for me, because I felt love, I felt accepted, I felt like there's nothing I've done that she would be ashamed of. I'm gonna talk with this woman about my life, and so I did, and so we need to be loved by God, and when we're loved by God, what happens? We get acceptance, healing, destiny, we begin to get rid of the works scenario. Romans 8.1, there is therefore now no condemnation. Condemnation is a horrible thing. It'll beat you up, it'll bury you, it'll bind you, it'll destroy you. Condemnation just breaks you into little pieces all the time. You're no good, you can't do it, you'll never make it. This is what's wrong with you. And if you've had that in your upbringing, where people saying to you, there's something wrong with you, you always make mistakes, we can't trust you, you're not going to make it, the condemnation, the rejection, the pushing you into being a different kind of person is what salvation is all about because when you come to God, our Father, the God of the Bible, you come to agape love and it's directed towards you. He loves you personally. He loves you wholly. He loves you totally. He loves you to heal you. He has a plan and he's going to work that plan for you. The truth is God's love, there's nothing I need to do to get it and there's nothing I can do to make it go away. The love of God is on your life right now, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Maybe you've struggled with rejection. Maybe you struggled with failure. Maybe you struggled with some old habit failures that still get to your mind. Maybe you feel you always have to prove to people that that you're gonna do good and you're a good person and I'm trustworthy and people can just hint like, why were you late and you fall apart? Well, I don't know. I mean, you must think I'm a horrible person because I came late. No, I mean, for a normal person, it's just a question, but for you, it's a crushing condemnation. I'm telling you right now, the, the power of the love of God, the agape love that comes to you through the Holy Spirit is shed abroad in your heart. And when that happens, your whole life begins to get healed. The rejection leaves, your personality changes, your true personality begins to surface. You no longer let negativity be in your mouth and in your mind, you begin to compliment other people. You don't let other people put you down if they do. You don't care, why? Because you're whole, something has happened in your life. And because of that, you are a different person now God loves you the way you are God loves you deeply God loves you with the kind of love that is so mind-boggling that you could never understand how much forgiveness really means to you until you start receiving it and you start breathing it's like it's like being in a Situation where you're being smothered, or you don't have fresh air, then you get out of the room and whew, you breathe in. The- the fresh air comes in and, and you begin to breathe again. You say, wow, it just feels so good to breathe again. It feels good. I'm telling you right now, when you come to the love of God, it feels so good to breathe again, to love again, to feel again, to hope again, to envision again, to reach out to people again, to be the again person. The love of God will make you a different person. The love of God will make you a different teenager, a different parent, a, a different single, a different worker, a different business person. Why, the love of God. Changes everything to do with our life. As we change, the love of God takes root. So, okay, I'm loved of God. Stop with me, ponder with me, take it in. Okay, I'm loved of God. God loves me the way I am. God loves me in spite of me. God loves me with all my faults and failures and weirdness and, and peculiarities, uh, my little my little uh, secret things and this and that and that and that. Okay, God loves me, and I receive it right now. I take a breath and I begin to breathe, and I receive the love of God. Now, I want you to also become a conduit for the love of God. How do you love people? Let me give you two or three, four points on Now, how do you love people? Now, remember, you can't really love people properly until you have allowed God to love you wholly. You can't really be a channel of that love if you have all the garbage in the systems that won't allow that love to come through. So your first stop is to be healed of God by the Holy Spirit, get a hold of the Word of God. I'm a child of God, I am forgiven, I am loved. Rejection, you have no place here. I have a destiny, I'm a champion, I'm very valuable to God. I am that child that God really sings about. I am engraved on the palms of His hands. I'm a special child, I'm a special person. And with all the weird things that have happened, it makes me even more special because I am a child of God. Because I'm a child of God, I have been chosen, I have a destiny, and because of that, I'm going to spread the love of God to other people. John 13, verse 34, a new commandment. You know this, don't you? I give you that you love one another, but remember what it says, as I have loved you. Not just that you love one another, as I have loved you, as I forgave you, as I put value on you. As I healed you. As I reached into your life and accepted you. How will you love people? As Christ has loved you. Anti-love takes something and reduces it to nothing. That's human love. We are reducers. We reduce people to less. Love takes nothing and makes it into something. People who don't understand love takes good things and destroys them, but not God. He takes the junk and makes it into something wonderful. He takes the nothing and makes it into something wonderful. Francis of Assisi, who was a great writer of the 3rd century, he talks about his prayer was, don't let me sow hate, injustice, injury, doubt, darkness, sadness. He says, let me sow love and peace. Let me be an instrument of God. And so all of us can be that divine instrument. You need to love people the way God loves you. Love is a fruit. Now, the way you're going to love people is not going to be like you sit somewhere and say, okay, I'm going to love people. I'm going to love people. If it kills me, I'm going to love people. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about self-love, self-works. I'm not talking about you trying to drum up the love that you should have. I'm talking about you receiving it and then you move to the John 15 analogy where you're the branch and he's the vine. And when you're the branch, you suck up from the vine all that there is and then you let it flow. You, you don't have a branch going to exhaustion schools to try to get re, re-energized because they, they need to be re-energized because they're an exhausted branch. Or they don't go to stress management branch school because they are so stressed out trying to love people trying to forgive people trying to be the kind of person god wants me to be i'm not talking about that stress anger exhaustion you trying to do it on your own i'm talking about love as the fruit of the spirit and it's the rigorous resolve of you letting that seed in your life and growing the fruit of the spirit number two love people redemptively 1 Peter 4, 8, and above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover, and this is a scripture that when you have a need of this, you really pray somebody around you would find it and do it. 1 Peter 4, 8 says, fervent love does what covers a multitude of sins. It's really a bad friend that uncovers your sins uncovers your weakness, gossips about your problems. That person needs a bad ticket. That's what Quinny says. My my uh, little granddaughter, Quinny, whenever there's something wrong, she goes into my office, she gets my little yellow sticker notes, and she comes out and scribbles on it, and she puts it on you and says, you get a bad ticket. Why, Quinny? Because you've been bad. You get a bad ticket. I think some people need a quinty bad ticket because they uncover people. They do things that are wrong for people. They, they don't cover their sins, like 1 Peter 4, it says, I cover. So when someone criticizes your friend, you stand for them. You 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 guard them. You don't agree with and say, yeah, they're such a dodo brain. Yeah, they're such a weirdo. I, I I I understand exactly how you feel. They did it to me too. That is not love. Love covers the multitude of sin. Love says, but you know this person's been through a lot and and they're learning. Well, I guess they are and they're going to be a great person in the future. You need to give them room to grow. Okay, that's covering. That, that's the kind of love that we need in the body of Christ. Redemptive love covers the wrong. Are you listening to me? Or are you texting or turning your head or doing something because I've been preaching too long? You will get a bad ticket if you don't listen to me right now. 1 Peter 4.8 Love does what? It covers the wrong. It takes the pain. It takes the blame. It takes the punishment. And it takes the consequences. Okay, if I say that I love somebody, it means that I'm going to cover their wrong. I'm going to take their pain. I'm going to take their blame. I'm going to take their punishment. I'm going to even take their consequences. Redemptive love doesn't gossip or slander or repeat rumors. How you doing? Love gets under and pushes people up. Bears, carries, holds, involved. Doesn't pass people by, doesn't push people down, doesn't condemn, doesn't throw the door open so you can see all their problems. Number three, you need to love people who are unlovable. Have you ever felt unlovable? Have you ever gone through a season of time where you actually felt you were unlovable? That you were actually just a, a piece of junk? That there was no reason for anybody to really love you? There's no reason for anybody to really uh, cover your sin or to stick up for you because you're unlovable. The, the damaged goods. I, I was talking to a young lady one time. She pointed her life out to me about who she was. She had a lot of problems. And she said the saddest thing to me. It really it just stopped me in my tracks as I talked with her. She says, says You know, I'm damaged goods. And I'll, I'll never be first class goods. I'm damaged goods. Well, in the kingdom of God, we don't allow people to carry damage good mentality. You're not damage goods. Your failures do not define you. You are not to allow that kind of thinking to overwhelm your heart. Why? Because redemptive love loves people who are unlovable. When we love and respect everybody, it does not mean that we endorse their mistakes. It doesn't mean we endorse their sin. It doesn't mean that we we just totally turn our head to everything. It just means we love in spite of that. It's not like we we don't understand they have problems. Okay, they have problems. But we love in spite of that. When we love in spite of that, we love the unlovable people. People that won't find love unless they find it in a situation. In a person that has this Christ kind of love. True story young man coming home from the war. And he called his parents. And he says, listen, uh, I'm on my way home, but I need you to do me a favor. They said, absolutely anything. He said, well, I have a friend. And he was uh, blown up in the warfare. And he lost an arm and a leg. But he's my friend. And I want to bring him home and help him. Well, mom and dad said, you can't do that. We can't take care of, of a person like that with that kind of a problem. And, you know, I mean, it would totally change our life, and we don't have the time for that. And it, uh, it, it, we just can't embrace that. And they went on and on. And the son said, okay, fine. He hung up. He doesn't show up for four weeks. Four weeks later, the police call the parents and say, we found a person that has an ID, and that ID says it's your son. So they went down to where this man had committed suicide, jumped off a building. And as they went there, they're brokenhearted because it's their son. But when they uncovered the body, guess what? He didn't have an arm and a leg. He was the person he was talking about that was unlovable, too much work, too much burden for For you And and when the parents said, that person would change our life, we cannot bear it, we cannot do this. This is a horrible thing for you to ask. It was him that they were talking to. He's that person that needed to be loved and accepted and, and brought in. Just think of the change of the story. If they would have said, bring that person and we'll find a way to make this happen. We will love that person. And it was their own son. Instead, it ended with a tragedy. And that is a true story. On what happened when sometimes we don't love unlovable. Number four, love people by believing the best. Don't look for the worst. Don't look for all the problems because they're there. Believe the best. And five, love people who are difficult. My wife says I'm difficult. I think it's a lie of the devil. I think it's a deception that she lives under a dark cloud that she believes that, that I'm a difficult person. But then I've had my children also say, Dad, you're a difficult person, you're a perfectionist, you're a detailed person, no, no, no. you never stop, you never stop thinking. My son said to me one time, uh, he says, uh, when we were, I was putting him through sports, you know, so I'm studying every angle of sports and every way of training, every kind of way to make him a better player. And he said, Dad, you think too much. Oh, what's wrong with that? We just complicate the simplest things. Well, that's a gift. Huh. It's a gift. I can complicate simple things. Let other people be simple. I want to complicate. Well, I'm a difficult person. You're a difficult person. And sometimes we need to learn how to love the difficult people. Uh, A true story with George Washington. There was a man in a town with another businessman and this man uh, was the worst enemy to this business guy that you can imagine. He did everything to destroy him. He spread rumors about him. He, he did the, the, if I had time, I would tell you the whole story, but he was a horrible man to this other man. Well, he got arrested, and he got arrested on treason charges, and he was up to lose his life. The man that was his enemy walked 70 miles to appear in court for the man. George Washington was the person that was doing the case. And George Washington says, I'm not going to change the case just because one of his friends have come here and tried to tell me stories about this man. And the case stands as it is. I'm not going to change anything. And then the man says, I am not his friend. I am his worst enemy. He's my bitterest enemy I've ever had. But I walked 70 miles to say this should not be done to him. You know, George Washington said it changed the whole story. You walked 70 miles to save the life of a person that you don't even like. He says, that's right. He says, I will reweigh the case, which he did, and released Michael Whitman back to his house. We need people that will love the difficult people in our lives. We need to be that person. Okay. Here we are. Wrapping it up. Your love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens. Your faithfulness stretches to the sky. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains. Your justice flows like the ocean tide. I'll lift my voice to worship you, my King. I will find my strength in the shadow of your wings. Your love, O Lord, reaches to the highest heavens. The reckless love of God that never gives up, always comes after us, is what I'm talking about. Can I pray for every single person listening to this message? Father, I'm praying right now that somehow you will just smother every person with the love of God. That you will actually visit people with an overpowering sense. I'm not finished with you yet. I'm working on your behalf. There's nothing you have done that will straight arm me out of your life. Lord, we receive the love of God to be healed and we will give the love of God to heal other people. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. I was such a bad person. I needed many, many bad tickets. But Lord, you came to me with a good ticket called the ticket of life, forgiveness and love and destiny. May all of us be those kind of people to the people around us in Jesus' mighty name. And all of God's people said wherever they're sitting, a big amen as I turn the service back to the vouchers. Thank you for joining us today. We have a lot of great resources for you over at HarborCityChurch.org. Come check us out and I hope you have an awesome week.